friends. We're just friends hanging out. It's amazing. <laughs> Okie dokie. Welcome back, everyone, to Escaping Reality, the podcast where friends get together and we watch reality competition shows, and then we make you listen to us talk about it if you choose to, which you should choose to. I'll just segue from there. If you're not already following us, be sure to follow our show, Escaping Reality, on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We are on Instagram, at Escaping Reality Pod. Hit us up, follow us, like our stuff. We love when you do it. And uh, we love that you're here today listening. If you have been following along, you might know that we've been watching the Challenge USA. And we're kind of smack in the middle of the season right now. Today we're talking about episodes seven and eight. So we'll kind of just jump right back into the middle of things because there's not much intro beyond that. So let's kick it off with some initial thoughts. Aggie, what are your one minute initial thoughts on these two episodes? Overall, I thought we're kind of in that building stage of the season. We're getting closer to the end. So you know that it's building towards some sort of like narrative. So you're starting to see kind of who the key players are. I don't see any way where Tyson is not in the final based on how this has gone so far. Um, And after seven and eight, I'm firmly convinced we will see him in the final Um, unless something goes wildly awry. I do like that in episode eight, it becomes an individual game. I think that's going to be very interesting till the finish. I think there's still a little bit of dead weight, but I will say I started to like Enzo as a person in this episode, which is not something I would have said about him after episode six. But now after seeing seven and eight, I'm like, oh, I kind of see why they keep putting you on TV. Yeah, I think overall it was like interesting. I'm excited to hear your thoughts, Anna, on Hall Brawl because that is like a challenge classic. So it felt very, it felt like the challenge. I was like, yeah, this is it. Like we're back. But yeah, I really, I honestly, I enjoyed it. Um, My only thing was Sarah wanting to go into the elimination in episode eight was a lot. And I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it was a lot. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk about that. We'll get to it. Stacey, what are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty much the same. I feel like a couple things happened in these episodes where it seemed like some big shift could happen, aka Leo maybe leaving, and then aka Sarah maybe going against a guy, but then neither happened. (laughs) So I just feel like they're trying to create this anticipation or this drama and then really nothing happened. But I am excited for, or I was excited in in episode eight to have the algorithm gone and to have it switch to an individual game. So I think that is going to shake things up a bit and, you know, shift their strategy. But overall, I'm, I mean, I think I've been saying it. I'm just ready to like see who makes it to the final and see what this final is like, because they're usually pretty intense. Um, But I don't know for, you know, the CBS version, how intense it's going to be. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, and I would just echo what you both said. I'm super excited to now see that we're in the individual part of the game because as resident challenge newbie, it's new to me. So I kind of assume how it's going to go as an individual game. But as we creep closer to the final, like, I don't know what that entails. I don't know what that's going to look like. So I'm super excited to get to that point. But I'm happy that we're seeing a shift now in that like midpoint of teams to individual games. So I am pleased. But let's get into talking about the episode. Episode seven, which was called State of the Unions. The last thing that had happened was Derek and Shannon got eliminated, and that's where we pick up today. So we've got new pairings with the algorithm, and (laughs) Aggie, ever since you mentioned, like, 
pay attention to the people that they talk to because that's what the episode's going to be about. Which, like, it wasn't something that we didn't know happened in these shows, but now I can't not pay attention to that. So, like, the two notable pairings that we had at the start of this episode were Tyson and Sarah are partnered together and Leo and Alyssa are partnered together. And that leads us into the sort of two preliminary pieces of episode narrative that we get in this week and then some that carry into next week. So we have Tyson and Sarah. They are sort of butting heads as they always do. Um, And they had a lot of these conversations separately but together where Tyson was basically mentioning he doesn't want people who have money to be the ones that are going into elimination for the sake of them having money because he doesn't want to create a precedent where they are then the target. And then on the flip side, you have Sarah, who's very adamant of like, we should use our opportunity to insert ourselves into elimination potentially in order to get money because Sarah does not have as much money as the rest of the people. That plays much more into the next episode. So I don't know how much we want to talk about that concept now versus um, in a little bit. But the other notable (laughs) piece of narrative we have going on this episode is Leo gets a call from back home and they're like, your businesses are failing, (laughs) like we're losing money, things are going wrong. Um, And it creates this moment of tension where Leo is like, I have to leave. I lost $40,000 this weekend. Like I have to go now. Um, And in my opinion, everyone is in the wrong, no matter what side you take. (laughs) And it was like a fun little drama bit, but I don't know. What did you guys think of this? Like Leo has to leave, but then Alyssa being like, think about me even though your businesses are failing. I just, I found it quite comical. Personally, I didn't feel bad for anyone in this situation, um, which was maybe the wrong take. But I'm interested to hear uh, your perspectives. I mean, my main perspective was, did Leo just leave without like handing the responsibilities over or explaining what to do? Because I'm just like, his girlfriend sounded very stressed. Just like, I don't like you knew you were leaving. I don't get, and also, you're on the phone now. So, can you like explain what she needs to do? I just didn't understand like what miscommunication has happened to lose that much money in a weekend. So, that was my main thing. (laughs) He was so panicked, like packing, like I have to go. And then, like, after commercial break, he's just like, I'm still here. I'm gonna compete. I don't understand how it was urgent. And then it just became like, well, I'll just see what happens. So that was my main thought. Um, Again, apologies for my voice. She's fighting something, not COVID. Who knows what it is? We're thriving. Anyway, my thing about it really was that I also thought it was weird, Stacey, that no one was prepared. And she was just so angry on the phone. I was like, I'm not trying to like girlfriend shame here, Leo, but she does not seem great. She was like, well, you just need to do it. And I was like, I just, I don't think that's true. And she was like, the credit card machine's not working. And I was like, did you do any troubleshooting to figure out if there was a way to fix it? Or you just screaming at him on the phone in Argentina where he can do literally nothing. So I just, it seemed like a very unproductive conversation. And then also like he could have left. Those eliminated players didn't leave. They're in a bunker somewhere else. They would have given Alyssa a new partner. So like if I were Alyssa, I would have been like, Let's go talk to the producers and see if I can get someone else to come in. But literally every time that that's happened on the challenge, someone else has walked out, like walked out when TJ announces the new challenge. 
Like, I think there's maybe one instance where they haven't. And that might be when someone gets like kicked out of the house for violence. Then it their partner is also punished. Because it's like you made a bad choice and you must face the consequences of your actions, which is getting your partner kicked out of the game as well. But like if someone leaves for a medical reason, if someone chooses to leave of their own accord, they've always given them a new partner. So I'm like, no one even likes Leo as their partner. Why are we fighting to keep him here, Alyssa? It just, it felt very bizarre. I was like, I don't understand. And then he's still there. And then he goes into elimination again. Like, I, I can't. Spoiler alert for episode eight. Like, I just, I can't. No, I, I agree. I was like, I was annoyed with him. And then as soon as Alyssa was like making it about her, I was like, but what if he really was in trouble? Like, what if he needed to go home? Have some sensitivity, girl. Just a little bit. So, spoiler alert. Leo doesn't leave after this sort of will he, won't he we jump right to the challenge and he's there. Um, and I think we get a little confessional from him where he's like, I got to stay and win the money so that my businesses won't not have money, which is, I guess, a good thought. <laughs> but I don't know. The, the drama was a little too manufactured for me. But he's still here and we get into the main challenge, which is recreational driving. That's rec, like Wreck-It Ralph, recreational driving. Um, and it's just a Mario Kart game. And I'll tell you guys my theory about how this entire show is just Mario Party, but basically the challenge is they're driving cars, the driver is blindfolded, and their partner is giving directions, and each car has, I think it was four, three or four balloons that the other players are trying to pop. Uh, If your balloons get popped, you're out. If your car gets wrecked, you're out. Last man standing wins. Kayla and Dom are the winners because they are absolutely the two like most clear, concise people to be paired together for this type of challenge. Um, and Leo and Alyssa lose. So good thing he stayed. Good job, team. Also, Danny reminds us that he he drives Kiki back home. So they are, they are also part of the challenge. <laughs> that was the best. It's my favorite inside joke of this entire season. So yeah, what did you guys think of this challenge? Is this, I feel like this is something that we've seen before even though I haven't seen the challenge, but like, I feel like this is a thing that they probably do. Right. Stacey, back me up. I don't know if they've ever done this specific challenge. Oh, um, I'm wrong. But it's giving adult bumper cars. <laughs> it's giving the mini game from Mario Kart where you have to pop balloons. Have you guys ever played that? Not no, in, but. Oh, not in decades. <laughs> like you have Mario Kart where like you race, right. But then there's also mini games that you can play. And one of them is literally like, drive around and try to pop the balloons on someone else's car uh, i mean maybe that's where tj's getting his um inspiration from. <laughs> i mean anna i do want to hear your theory about how this is just mario party well when this challenge came up and i was like this is just the mini game from mario kart and then i thought about it more and i was like this whole thing is just a game of mario party where like the challenges are the mini games that happen at regular intervals some of them are you're partnered with someone in Mario Party, but the whole game is just you're playing through the board game. So like you're trying to move your game piece along. Like it just it's maybe that's <laughs> it's that's just any game when you really come down to it. But like it's Mario Party. And I feel like the people that know know, you know? Like if you've played Mario Party, this is how it is. The girls who get it get it. You know what I mean? I really want to like play now it makes me think of all the games i used to play like donkey kong what happened to donkey kong he's gotta still be cooking somewhere but yeah i felt like this challenge was just 
I wanted it to be more high stakes than it was. The way you could break your car just by running over a barrel. How and then you just move. It was mm-hmm. so anticlimactic. Like Dom and Kayla, I feel like ended up winning on accident when Justine like messed up the car. Like, yes, you won, but like not really. I do think Kayla was really good in this challenge. And I will say, I think she's also someone who I would be shocked is not in the final just because she gets a lot of airtime. She's been very good in most challenges and she low key is not someone people are talking about to throw in the elimination. It's interesting that you mentioned that like she isn't someone who people are flagging is like, oh, we should throw Kayla into elimination because when she and Dom are having their sort of conversations about who to put into elimination, when they're choosing the person, she mentions like, this is the first time a lot of people are even talking to me about the game at all. So like, she hasn't been on people's radar, I think, because nobody thinks she has it in her. So she's a not being seen as a threat, but she's also not really being seen as a legit player. And she absolutely should be. So as Dom and Kayla are strategizing, we get a couple different like options of what they might do. Um, We have Angela coming to Kayla. And I think she's one of the people that like hasn't really talked game with her until this moment, which is not lost on Kayla at all. But Angela's like pitching deals, which is kind of her theme for this week and probably every week. Like I'm losing track of what she's promising to everybody. And then we have Kyland flagged as a huge threat. And Dom is weighing the risks of like, yes, he's a huge threat to me. But if we throw him in elimination against Alyssa and Leo, who are two of the weaker players, that might blow up in my face. So I thought that Dom and Kayla were quite practical about their decision making. And the things that they talked about, they followed through on. So any thoughts on their strategy for who to throw into elimination? Yeah, I thought they had good rationale for who they were considering and who they chose. And I thought the way they explained it at the elimination of like almost everyone else could have, you know, put us in and hasn't. That was like a good way to make it seem not too personal or anything. But they do end up putting in Kylan and Kira. And the clincher, as Kayla says, is that even now when they were the winners this week, Kylan still didn't try to have a conversation with her about game. So even though it was a good choice based on trying to get rid of a strong player, it was also like a little bit of a revenge moment, but within a a more uh, practical context. But Kylan and Kira go into elimination versus Alyssa and Leo. And the challenge is ball and chain where they have (laughs) this wall in front of them that they have to get on each other's shoulders and reveal a trivia question. And then the answer to the trivia question is a number that corresponds to one of many medicine balls that they have to untangle from their chains and put on top of the wall. Um, I really liked this challenge. I thought it was clever and cool. And I thought the trivia questions were good. I was surprised at the ones that they didn't know. But I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this elimination challenge that Leo and Alyssa end up winning. Who doesn't know how many albums Adele has? Get your shit together. (laughs) Get your shit together. I will say I was also a little thrown off by the number of husbands Madonna has. But then when you went through it, it was like the only answer that made sense was two. Like I can only I could only name Guy Ritchie. I forgot she was married to Sean Penn. LOL. He they were married before we were alive. So like <laughs> LOL. It's not information we have. But she doesn't have like 12 husbands. They were guessing wild things. I was like, it's not how many men has she dated? It's how many men has she married? 
I mean, I was like, I would love to know what celebrity has the most husbands or wives, whoever it is. But it's like, it's not going to be 12. You think Madonna's been married 12 times? They were doing some whack shit. I was like, no. But the number of Adele albums really upset me. I I was impressed that Alyssa and Leo, given their own like stature and strength, et cetera, were able to pull that out. But also like, was Kira still sick? Does anyone know? It was not mentioned, but like she was like on her deathbed in the last episode. So she's just like magically okay-ish. She's better. <laughs> yeah, the Madonna one is the one that I, it's like that kind of question makes you think it is at least three or something. It's like, why Why is that noteworthy? <laughs> like in American culture, two marriages is not like something you would like keep in your brain as trivia. <laughs> so that one, I was like, that's probably the only one that seems super hard. I was so mad when Kylan knew the cow stomach one and then changed it. I was like, why did you change it? It was fun, though. I liked this one. That, this was one of the challenges that I'd be like, yeah, I, I would want to play that. That seems fun. And I'm sure physically it was worse than it looked. But I feel like I could I feel like I could do it. But like I said, Alyssa and Leo end up winning, sending Kylan and Kira home, which was great for Dom and Kayla, who took the risk and it worked to their advantage. So one less threat in the game. And then this episode ends with the cliffhanger of TJ is tired of the algorithm. What will happen next? And then that leads us into the next episode, episode eight, which is called Independence Day because, wow, they're independent now. But Stacey, I've been watching the previous Leons because you pointed them out as how weird and funny they are. And Leo has a cat. He's just holding a cat. Where did he get this cat? Is it in the house with them? I don't know, but he has a cat. So live in his dream, live in his truth. (laughs) They're just a moment of humor that I appreciate the previously ons. And I think the one from episode seven was like them in a hot tub and you could tell that they were like trying to relax and did not want to be bothered by producers because they all have like deadpan expressions being like, last week on the challenge. Like, so they they don't want to have any part of it, but I'm enjoying them now. But anyway, episode eight starts... TJ says the algorithm is perfect, but I'm tired of it. So it is now going to be an individual game. And Desi has this cute quote where she says, we made the merge. And I'm like, oh, I still want someone from Survivor to win. But it's now an individual game, which like we all said in our initial thoughts, we're super excited to watch play out. And right after that, we kind of get this moment between Ben and Danny, who are both chatting about like (laughs) how they don't have enough money to qualify for the final yet. But they also have this discussion of, do we want to stay Survivor Strong as an alliance? And that kind of ends up being a big part of Ben's storyline this episode. This episode's really Ben-heavy, which we'll get into in a second. But a lot of, I think, his thought process is like, do I stay with my Survivor alliance, um, mainly Sarah, or do I need to kind of protect myself a little bit more in the game? So they have this conversation We also see a moment kind of introing this struggle that Ben is having dealing with the anniversary of the death of his friend who he was in the Marines with. So he has this moment where like he can't sleep, he's up walking around and we find out that it's about to be the anniversary of his friend's passing, which is giving him like he's filled with emotion, but he's also letting it kind of drive him to compete even harder. And then the other moment that we see is Sarah mentioning that she's the only woman left who isn't qualified for the final. Um, you guys know how I feel about Sarah. 
think she's kind of all talk and a lot of bullshit, and I don't particularly care for her. And she's also pretty prominent in this episode, which we'll talk about in a bit with regard to her wanting to put herself into elimination. But as far as like this episode setup goes, do you have any thoughts or anything else to add maybe that I missed? Ben is never my favorite person to watch. (laughs) But, you know, I like that they gave him some airtime to talk about, I mean, basically PSD from being a veteran. So, you know, and his friend as well. So, like, it was an important moment. I just, it's like this episode was heavy on the two people. I don't know why they're here. (laughs) So that's my main thing is, like, they dedicated the episode to, like, the two people I'm indifferent about. I was going to say something similar. You guys know I like Sarah on Survivor, and I thought her win, her season, was well-deserved. I have since not necessarily found things I love about her like outside of the game of Survivor. And I think in the challenge, I don't know what it is. Like In Survivor, she's very similar to this. I'm going to go all out, balls to the walls. I'm going to get myself where I need to be. And there was just something off-putting about it. I don't know if it was like the way that she really wanted to be seen as almost like one of the guys it was like pick me girl esque that I didn't love I don't know it was like the the undertones of it were different than they are on Survivor and I don't know if that's the edit I'm like I do think potentially the editors on Survivor liked her and she was the winner so they maybe edited a little bit more likable and now you're kind of like I like this idea that you would inspire young girls to like take on whatever challenge it is but there was just something about it where I was like I don't I don't know like this isn't it's coming off as like not fake, but just like not as genuine as she normally does. And then I agree, Stacey, I think it was important for us to see the like realities of PTSD of being a veteran. But it also, because Ben has gotten little to no edit up until now, it felt again, a little bit fake is not the right word, but a little bit just kind of like, I don't know, I I can't describe it. Yeah, maybe it was abrupt. I just it felt kind of like, oh, by the way, Ben was a veteran, and he is sad. And that's a real thing that veterans deal with. And I was like, I mean, you're not wrong, and I appreciate you showing that, but also, like, you haven't given a single shit about him up until right now. So, I don't know. They're not the survivor players I'm rooting for. So, to only see them this episode for the most part, I was kind of like, cool, 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 cool. I think, Aggie, what you were saying about Sarah, and maybe it is the edit, but to me, it's like everything she's talking about, we haven't seen put into action yet which I feel like is different than what we saw in Survivor, where anytime she was like, this is my plan, I'm going to do this, she did it. Whereas now it's just kind of talking about it and then it's not happening, which maybe it is happening and we're not seeing it. But like, she hasn't won a challenge. She's not putting herself up for these eliminations that she's talked about potentially doing that for. And I know that's not totally in her control. But yeah, I think it's I think it's the difference of like action versus inaction. That reminds me, there was... um. A preview like a few episodes ago where it was like Sarah saying, I'm going to intimidate all these girls or like scare all these girls. And then when you actually see the episode, it's like she said that in a challenge that she just wasn't going to like, I don't even, it just, it wasn't anything significant. I feel like we keep hearing these almost like threats from her. And then it's like, you haven't done anything. And like the Love Island girls have more money than you. So it's just like, it's hard to take it seriously at this point. I'm glad we're all on the same page for once about Sarah. (laughs) Anyway, then we get into the main challenge. This is our first individual challenge of the season. And we're playing Having a Blast, where they have to jump onto a slip and slide from a boat that's covered in like soapy water and also moving. Uh, And they have to run and collect 
four keys to put them into the ports to open a safe to get a flag to then race back and put that in the flag holder. Um, I don't know what the flag holder would be called, if not a flag holder. Um, And then other players are also blasting them with water, which nobody really does. So it's a little bit irrelevant. Some of the water sprayers are like, oh, we'll spray the runway with water to get the soap off to help them do it faster. But in my opinion, the water sprayers were pretty irrelevant. Ben ends up winning, which is why we got an emotional backstory, (laughs) because they just love being transparent in the edit. But Leo was second by like a couple seconds. Angela wins for the women and Sarah was close by like a few seconds. Kayla and Desi are both disqualified because they do not make it onto the runway, which like I was surprised that more people didn't just slip off right at the start. Um, And then Enzo comes in last and he also cut himself and needs stitches. So we kind of like skimmed over that actual injury happening, but all of a sudden he was bleeding. And then after he lost, he was like, and I have to get stitches. Wah, wah. So he's hurt. He comes in last. And so Angela and Ben will be deciding who they're going to send into the elimination, which is a men's individual elimination against Enzo. So before we talk about their strategy, any thoughts on this challenge? I feel like TJ really wanted the spraying water people to be like trying to actively get people off, which would have been hilarious. Why were they partnered with people who were their friends? It feels like they got to pick their partner. Do you know what I mean? It feels like TJ should have assigned the partners to be people who've had beef. I I just feel like we wasted some time there because like Tyson's partner was Angela. You know who's not going to try and get Tyson to lose the challenge? Angela. Because they are the closest alliance. It feels like they got to pick their partners and then that whole thing became mood. Yeah. Otherwise, I thought the challenge itself was interesting. Like, I think it was a cool concept, but I was just like, I feel like we totally missed the mark there. Also, I do wonder about the budget for these challenges because I'm like, you could have done this like on the ground. I mean, it would seem more like a camp game, I guess, if we did it on the ground. And this way, by doing it on the water with like a boat dropping you off and then being pulled by a boat through the river, it feels more like intense or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, this challenge could be done on the ground. I don't know why we had to do it in the water with a boat dropping you off, but like go off. Just seems like wasted money (laughs) for an effect that didn't really have that much of an effect. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But again, it was a good challenge. I was just like, could have been done on the ground. (laughs) It's like when they get to the end of the corporate calendar and they're like, we have this leftover money. What should we do as a department? That's what it feels like. (laughs) Like, let's bring in boats. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take the money. Add it to the winner's pile. Yeah, like, but you, you know, that's never how it works. You can never just get a sat like a bonus. They're like, no, we just need to buy more pens. <laughs> like, we'll just stock up on pens. We can't give you a bonus. Okay, this is a personal gripe. But anyway, my main thing with the challenge was, I mean, it goes along with what Aggie was saying. But what was like, I just, again, I feel like they're kind of trying to like force some kind of drama. Because even Tyson talking to Dom about like, you're not on our radar. Like, you should help get some of the soap off of Angela's thing. And then Dom was like, I feel like this could backfire later. And I'm like, will it? Like, are they, is anyone even watching? Like, I just don't think it was that big of a deal. <laughs> I do think they're trying to manufacture drama, Stacey, because as you know, the challenge seasons are normally much more drama filled at the house. And that bleeds into the challenges, right? 
But I think the difference here is like these are all people who truly are here to win the half a million dollars. Sometimes on the challenge, it becomes more about – and I'm sure all of these people got paid to appear on the challenge. So I don't want to imply that like the only motivating factor is money. Like I'm sure they were given something to be like on this show in general. But to me, it really felt like we want the like kind of high drama that MTV normally has on the challenge. And the high drama is stupid. It's one of the reasons I don't like watching the challenge. So it actually doesn't bother me as a viewer that there's not this like crazy amount of like back and forth nonsense at the house. But I think the MTV producers are kind of like, well, what do we do though? They're not mad at each other. They are upset about certain things. But like at the end of the day, they're treating this very professionally. How do we get them to be annoying? And I was like, I don't think they're going to rise to your bait, but like go off. How do we get them to be annoying is such a funny observation. <laughs> I don't know. Some of them are just annoying on their own, but that's might be my personal take. Anyway, Angela and Ben are the winners of the challenge. So they are the ones deciding who to send into this elimination against Enzo. And they talk to Enzo first. And he's basically like, I don't care who you put in as long as you're putting in someone who has money so that if and when I beat them, I can actually have some money and be qualified for the final because he does not yet have that money. So he's pretty like straight about it. He's like, I'm going to get in there and it's not going to matter who that person is. I'm going to fight to win. So good on him for that. Um, And then as they're talking to other people and weighing their options, Angela, again, is sort of wheeling and dealing and making promises. And I think the gist of what she was promising was like, it'll be Big Brother Girls and Survivor Guys, and we will align so that no one of us is sending each other into elimination. Like that will be their protective alliance. And I think she gets Ben in on that because A, he's a Survivor man who's in on this alliance, but he also starts to realize like, oh, I need more friends in this game and more protection than just having Sarah as the only person I trust, which then kind of leads into all of the Sarah stuff, which we'll pause and talk about that in a sec. But as far as this strategizing goes, was there anything else that you guys picked up on um, that you felt was important? Or what's your take on this sort of big brother survivor protective circle, which I haven't done the math yet of like how many people that is and how far it can take them. But I also don't know like how many people run the final. Aggie's doing the math for those listening. <laughs> Sorry, talk to me about this. Tyson, Ben, Sarah, Dom, Desi, they're all still there. But it would, the it's only- just the guys, the survivor guys. Also, LOL, David's still here. <laughs> I think he's the only person left that like I could not tell you anything about. <laughs> is Justine still here? Yeah, this is the thing with at least this most recent episode. We didn't see a lot of people because I was also like, where's cash? I need more cash. Like, why? We got some really good cash. So yeah. there were some moments, but I'm like, we're talking about Sarah way more than cash. And I don't. Way more than we should be. <laughs> okay, so it would be Angela and Alyssa plus Tyson, Danny, Dom, and Ben. It's a much better deal for the Big Brother girls than it is for the Survivor boys. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, Ben's kind of dumb. So I, he didn't say yes, but he didn't immediately say no. No, you know he I mean? was just like, I'm going to go with it because I need to not just have it be me and Sarah. I think, honestly, it speaks more to Tyson's sway in the game than it does Ben's understanding of what to do and or Angela's sway. It's like... Angela and Tyson are linked, and Tyson has more allies than I do. I think if Ben even says something to that effect, he's like, I want it to be me and Sarah, but at this point, the numbers are not in our favor. 
And so I think that's a little bit of it too. Gosh, my voice sounds so bad. No, it's cute. So before we talk about Sarah, because that's kind of like the last big main part of the episode, they also go to a bar. Is that something that happens once it's the individual game? They just get to go for drinks? They yeah. went once in the team Oh, they already part, did? Too. Oh, yeah. I've just not been paying attention. And Tyson said they actually went every single time, but they're, I think it's so boring that they're not showing up. <laughs> Normally, people get into it at the bar. Normally, one, they're talking strategy at the bar uh-huh. a lot, and two, and or people get really drunk and like are hooking up and stuff. And again, that's not happening yeah. this season because a lot of them are already married. Like no one's no one's getting Danny away from Kiki at the bar. So like it's just like not interesting to watch. Well, and Tyson said on his podcast like we don't even really want to go, but they just like make us go at least have a drink and then nothing really happens. I'm sure they're like so exhausted too and the last thing that they want to put in their bodies is alcohol like Anyway, I hadn't noticed it, so I thought it was just like a fun, now it's individual party, but good to know. So it's time to talk about Sarah before we get into the last elimination challenge for this week. Because Sarah's doing this whole thing where she's been planting the seeds already, but the point is she doesn't have enough money to qualify for the final. And so instead of just trying harder to win a challenge, she keeps being like, I'll give myself the opportunity to win the money in an elimination challenge. Like I will put myself up for elimination in order to prove myself and to get the money. This is her grand plan. And she proposes it again in this episode, even though it's the individual men's elimination, which I would be really curious to hear like if production would even let her do that like has that ever happened before is there precedent for it but also Aggie like you were saying before it's just kind of like why like you already won Survivor like what are you trying to prove I don't know there's something about it was just I didn't really see the point and again it doesn't work out for her because it's not up to her it's up to Angela and Ben and they're like that's a dumb plan (laughs) we're not gonna do that I also truly believe a producer was like you can't throw in a girl. You can't put Sarah in Hall Brawl against Enzo. Like, that's going to be a problem for us, so we can't do that. But also, Stacey, correct me if I'm wrong, there's no precedent. No one – they've always had gendered eliminations or team eliminations, but they've always had gendered eliminations, which is maybe an interesting com- like thing to think about if you had ever had non-binary players that wanted to play. Just something as like MTV The Challenge maybe th- needs to think about. But that being said – They've always had gendered eliminations. And I don't think there's ever been a girl who's like, let me go against CT. Like, I really want to be down there with a man or vice versa. The way that the show is set up, a lot of times the women are in a very different physical bracket than the men. And that's why they do eliminations that are not that are gendered in that you're more likely to be paired up against someone that's more realistically someone you can actually do get out with, I think is the purpose. I I would like to hear their thoughts on having non-binary players. I know there's not a ton of them that would potentially be available anyway, but like say Evie wanted to go on the challenge, I would be intrigued to see if that was a possibility. I'm now just thinking out loud because it's always been gendered. I think it would very much depend on like, like you could do it, but you would have to alter what challenges you use because something like like hall brawl that they just did, which we'll get into in a sec, like that is a brutal challenge. And even like, regardless of your gender, if you're not physically on an even playing field, like that is dangerous. I mean, as we saw with Leo and Enzo. Mm-hmm. So. 
But I feel like you could like you could do it if you just altered your type of challenges and made them a little bit less like person to person combat. But I also am not super familiar with the other challenges, so maybe not. Uh, Stacy, any feelings on the Sarah of it all? Let's see here. Yeah, I mean, it's really the same as Aggie, which was I don't think she would have been allowed to. <laughs> so I think she was just like saying this thing. I actually wish they would have tried it just to see TJ be like, no, I said man. <laughs> like, because he would be like deadpan, just like, because I feel like Jeff, if this was Survivor, he'd be like, oh, so you want to go against, like, he would like make it a big deal. Like, you want to go against a man? I hadn't even thought about that. Tell me more. But I feel like TJ would be like, that is not what I asked for. <laughs> like, try again. <laughs> the end. I guess it is noble, you know, that she wanted to like show girls around the world they can, you know, do whatever they put their mind to. Like, I get it. But Hall Brawl, is, I mean, we saw like, and the, honestly, I feel like this was not as intense as some of them are. Like some of them, you're, you are like scared for the person's like safety. Like you're real. If CT is in a Hall Brawl, like you are very scared and like you come out injured. So I just, yeah, I don't think it could have happened. Um, but the other thing I was going to add was that, I don't know, did y'all, I mean, I don't follow Sarah Lucina, but I think our podcast does. So I saw her post, I think today, where she was saying that, she, like, basically she was saying, I know it's stupid that I wanted to go against a guy, but, and she posted this pic, these pictures of like a doctor note about her son, <laughs> which was very strange to me to post, but it basically said like her son had been very anxious since she's been gone, had been like reporting all these stomach problems. And then when she came back, his stomach problems were gone. So she basically said in the caption, I had had a phone call with my family that day or that week. And I knew like they were both, my husband and son were really struggling with me being gone. So I kind of was just like, I need to just go try to get money or leave. Like even if I go in the elimination and I lose, I lose. Because apparently if you quit, which this also may be why Leo didn't quit, you don't get your stipend. Like you don't get the money that you're supposed to get if you quit. <laughs> so I think she was like, I mean, I can't just like leave because we would benefit from the money, but also like I'm wasting time is basically what her caption was saying. So like, and she was like, so don't always just assume you have all the details from TV. So I get it. But just from what we saw, like it, it didn't seem like the best plan. Yeah. That then brings us to the elimination challenge, which is Hall Brawl, which as TJ says, and I'm sure you guys can attest to, this is apparently a classic challenge challenge, um, unless you're me and you've never seen it before. But I appreciated its simplicity and its brutality. But it's it sounds like it's a, a staple for the show. But Angela and Ben both thought Sarah's plan was dumb, so they do not entertain putting her into elimination. <laughs> and they end up putting in Leo. So it's Leo versus Enzo. And Enzo absolutely crushes Leo. <laughs> he might as well have just jumped right over him um, to ring the bell. So he has a pretty easy time of it, which is amazing since he also was injured this week. But he wins. He's now qualified for the final. And Leo does not come out to say goodbye, which was pretty predictable. Um, so Leo is now gone. Finally, we spent so much time talking about how nobody wanted him there. And now he's gone. And Enzo, I can take seriously now. So I feel like everybody came out where they needed to, but any thoughts on this challenge or hall brawl as a staple? 
And Aggie, didn't you say you also like respect Enzo more too? So I want to hear about this because I will say like it did, it made him, it made him look pretty good (laughs) overall. Like it made him look like legitimate. I also think the reason I like Enzo better now is the way he spoke about it. Just the idea that like he is now in an elimination and it's like go time no matter what. There was just something about his energy that was very different today that I really liked or in this episode, I should say it wasn't today. This is Sunday. We watched on Wednesday. Like, no. Anyway, there was just something about his energy in this episode that was very different than it had been all season. And it, I think it was that it was like about him. And he talked really nostalgically about his time on Big Brother, about how he was like, I've been in this position before. or I've had to fight back. I haven't seen his seasons of Big Brother, so I can't speak to how true that actually is. But it was just a lot of like, oh, Enzo, I actually see like who you are as a person. Rather than these kind of dumb edits where you're like friends with Ben or like chilling with David, I mean, you're better than that. And so like I very much respected the way he talked about the challenge, the way he talked about his position in this game. And then he was like delightful to watch. I really thought he was going to struggle, not against Leo necessarily, but just by the fact that he is injured. And he just kind of stepped up and was like, no. I think I think it's in a foil to someone else who could have made a lot of excuses, Right. There were a lot of things that he could have said and been like, I don't know, like, I can't do this, blah, blah, blah. And he just was like, nah, like, I'm going to go. And then on top of that, I think it was such a foil to Leo being so petty that he couldn't come out and say bye. Like, are you kidding? That really made me lose a lot of respect for Leo, which up until this point had been like, people are being kind of mean to him. Like, yeah, he likes cats, but like, okay, like, that's not a reason to like be mean to him. And then when he wouldn't come out to say bye, I was like, oh, maybe he's just like not that likable a person I'm again I don't want to like make a judgment about this person I've never met but I was just like there's something icky about that that I don't like so on top of Enzo being delightful Leo was also the worst so yeah and I will say um Tyson said they they all thought and or not Enzo Leo was like injured like no one really told them like he just doesn't want to come out so they thought maybe like something bad happened so that is pretty messed up to just refuse to go say bye I was just thinking the other thing about Leo that I didn't mention from episode seven was when Dom and Kayla were trying to decide who to put up against him and Alyssa in elimination. And Dom basically sits him down and is like, listen, do you still want to not be here? Because if you do, it's going to change who we put up against you. And Leo's like, no, I do. I'm here. Like, I want to compete. So he's just like, I, he, he's flip floppy, I think, in his attitude. And now we don't have to see him on here anymore because he is eliminated. Bye. Moving into our final couple segments. Uh, you guys know if you've been listening, we've been a little bit lazy doing fans have spoken question boxes. They will be back in full force for Survivor. But if you ever have feelings on what we are watching and talking about, you can slide into our DMs. You can send us an email, escapingrealitypodcast at gmail.com. And we might talk about what you said how it compares to what we think. So stand by on that later. Moving into our honorable mentions this week, Stacey, who would you like to shout out? Who's your honorable mention? Oh, um, I think I'm going to go with Enzo because he did, you know, even with his injury, survive Hallbrawl, which is an accomplishment, even though it was against Leo. So, and I just, I think he's had a good attitude considering I think he is the oldest, right? Didn't we decide to determine that? And, like, he's doing pretty well. So I'm going to say Enzo. Aggie, do you have an honorable mention this week? I mean, is it ever not going to be cash? I kind of already talked about Kayla. 
Cash this week, I feel like is my honorable mention more for her interactions with TJ than the actual amount of screen time she was given. She doesn't take any of TJ's shit and it's quite funny. She's just like, why are you like this? And it's just, it's very funny to me. But for actual playing the game, I mean, it could be like Ben, but like, I don't like Ben. So like, <laughs> it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's okay. No, no one else like made an impression, but like, he's the only one I like. So like, I can't anyway. <laughs> You can say him, though. We won't get it twisted. I don't know. I, f- I feel some type of way about this. I don't know. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. I, let's go with Cash purely for her, the amount of joy she brings me. Solid. Always a good pick. Um, I think I'm going to pick Angela this week. She's been pretty stellar consistently through every episode, but I'm starting to be a little bit lukewarm in whether or not I think she's good at the game. Like, she's certainly good at the challenges. But I'm having trouble following like all the promises she's making beyond just her like alliance with Tyson. Um, and maybe that's a me problem, but I'm, I'm really curious to see how far she makes it because she could win it all or she could stumble. But this was the first week that I've been like, oh, is she actually good at the game or is this not going to turn out well for her? So I'm going to pick Angela and stay tuned, I guess. Our last segment TJ needs a vibe check, which yes, he does. Um, I will go first. My vibe check for him is kind of a vibe check for myself, but it was when he was introducing Hall Brawl. He was very excited about it. And he says, most of you know what this is, but in case you live under a rock. And I said, oh, me, it's a personal attack because I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, And then it cuts to a confessional uh, so that Danny can remind us that he and Kiki watched this at home. Because of course they do. (laughs) Because we have to know. Also, Kiki is playing. And Aggie, you sent that tweet to the group chat where it was like, top player this season, Tyson. Top female player, Kiki. (laughs) I can't not notice it. And at this point, like, it's an inside joke with the editors. Like, it has, Kiki has to be in every single episode. And now that I've caught on to what they're putting down, like, I, I'm just obsessed with it. But yeah, being called out for living under a rock for never having heard of Hall Brawl. It was like a personal shout out, but also TJ was so excited. So that's mine. Aggie, what's your vibe check? I have two that are more situational than things that TJ actually said. One is him wearing a crisp white dress shirt to the challenge, the slip and slide challenge. I was like, why are you dressed like you're going to church when not once in your life have you ever dressed like this? I was like, who styled you today? They need to be fired. I was also like, TJ, did you pick this yourself? I had so many questions. I couldn't even pay attention to explaining the challenge. And then I was like, what are they doing? And I was like, oh, they're on slip and slides. What's happening? Anyway, the other one is when they were playing the car game. He announces the winners. And then immediately as they're getting ready to go back, a car catches on fire behind him. And he just like turns and smirks. And he's like, yeah, that was right. And I was like, TJ, why are you like this? What are you doing? That's a good one. And Stacy, bring us home. What is your vibe check? Mine was going to be the same as yours, Anna, except that, you know, I was hearing him say it as someone who knows that's one of his favorites, but I didn't think about you who actually would be like, oh, I had no idea. Don't have to be rude about it. So now it's even more of a vibe check. But yeah, I just love how he's like, I mean, you should know my favorite challenge by now like where have y'all been (laughs) he also waved a flag during the car challenge like he was the woman who starts the race in greece and i was just like what is happening (laughs) 
<laughs> the role he was born to play. You guys, I like this show a lot. And I think this was a good turning point, as we all said in our initial thoughts, moving into the individual game. And I'm, I'm really enjoying watching it with you and talking about it. So we'll see you again in a couple weeks for the next two episodes. And uh, we'll keep it going. Like I said, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram. And thank you for escaping reality with us. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.